Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Good morning. Hello, it's so good to see you all. Um, For those of you who I love and I miss, hi, it's good to see you. For those of you I've not met yet, hi, let's make friends. I'm Ruth, nice to meet you. Um, And yes, it's the the return of the the ghost of Rehope Christmas past. I'm back and it's so good to be here. So today I get to speak to you on joy. And oh good, we've got some joy in the room already. I presume there are three groups of people represented in this room. There are people who already expect joy in this season and they're probably a seven on the Enneagram, am I right, Sonia? Yes. There's probably people in this room as well who do not expect joy in this season. And and these people have probably been through something really hard and have really good reasons to not expect joy in this season. And then there's probably a third group of people who, to be honest, just haven't really thought too deeply about it. And I don't know if I'll have joy or not, just not really thinking about that. But my, my message today, I hope it kind of offends all three groups in that if you're someone who does not expect joy or is just not really thinking like that, I hope my message today will provoke you to expect joy, even in these dark times. But also, if you're someone who's already there and already on the joy train and having a great time, I want to challenge you to think about what it's like for the people who are not there and to help them get there, to be a little bit more understanding. Because guys, the good news is that when you walk with God, there actually is joy. Like, joy is accessible to you. It is not something that any of you should be cut off from. And that is a fact. Joy is not just an option. It's not just like, oh, maybe you'll have it, maybe you won't. Like, it is a fact. If you walk by the Spirit, if you follow Him, naturally, joy comes. Joy increases. And I know that some of you have been through really hard things. And Christmas is a reminder to you of disappointments, of things that haven't worked out, or of the loved ones that aren't here with us anymore. But I want to say that if you're one of those people that Christmas is a reminder of the hard things, joy is actually more accessible to you guys than it is to the ones who are already there and already having a good time. Um, Let's see my picture of my stars. So I've got two pictures of stars right? Tell me, which, in which picture do you find the stars more glorious? The one on the left. Thanks, Gus. I like audience participation, so please just speak out. Panto vibes here, please. Um, right, what, Gus, why is the one on the left more glorious to you? Yeah, right, who thinks the yellow's better on this side than it is on that side? I do. I'll tell you a secret, it's the same yellow. Exactly the same yellow as in both those stars. But I think that your experience of this picture is much more vibrant and much more engaging and exciting than the one where there's not as much contrast between the, the light and the, the stars and the light behind it. 
And so again, if you're one of these people who is in a dark season, who does not enjoy the Christmas season, I think that joy is more accessible to you because your experience of joy is going to be so much more rich and so much more vibrant than the people that are just already there. And this principle, it fits well with the Christmas season, the, the Advent, you know, we talk about the Christmas message. But also, this is a principle that I believe the Lord is calling us to because these are hard times that we live in. Like, war is going on in these days. Pandemic is, is a thing that we just lived through. Loss is real. And yet the Lord is calling us to people who find strength in him. And as Crixie said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so this is something that I want us all to hang on to because this is going to equip us to make it through these days that are ahead. So let's recap the, the Christmas story as we know it. The Christmas story actually begins in Genesis 1.1. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And yet a few chapters later, uh, we read that when the Lord saw how wickedness man had become on the earth, uh, he regretted that he had made man and he was grieved in his heart. And the wickedness and the corruption on earth was so disturbing to God. And yet he longed to be with his people. He longed to dwell with them. That was always his plan. And for years, it was prophesied that God would send a Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, like actual God, actual with, actual us, like we heard last week. That's what was spoken about all these years. And so after a few thousand years of people straying from God, coming back, straying from God, coming back, finally God fulfilled his promise to mankind by actually coming to earth as a human, and that is Jesus. And primary school nativities love to focus on little donkey on the dusty road or starry night. We know all this. But I actually love to look at the nativity more from like the disappointment and the disturbing angle. Does anyone else look at the nativity like that? Like if you guys are in a Bible read through and you actually read the Christmas story in the Bible, it's really disturbing if you put yourself in those shoes. Like, right, here's the nativity, the disappointment version. What was going on in the land? What was happening in these times? King Herod had decreed that all baby boys under the age of two would be slaughtered. Like, I think people had right there to say, I'm disturbed by the times that we live in. Really awful stuff is going on. And who here would say, I am disturbed by the times that we live in? I'm disturbed by the times that we live in. And every year you think, oh, this was the worst year and we're going to leave this year behind and we're going to move on to the next one. And then the next year comes and there's even more new disturbing times. Like, this is not new. Back then, they were disturbed by the times they lived in. We are disturbed by the times that we live in. And that's the bigger picture. But within that bigger picture, every single one of us has an individual story that, yes, has its wins, but also has its disappointments and has its losses and has its griefs, right? What about Mary and Joseph? I bet Mary said this wasn't the birth story that I hoped for. Like, have you looked at all the things that went wrong in that story? Firstly, unplanned pregnancy. She was not planning that. Um, her fiance pretty much was ready to walk away and be like, ah, I'm not, I'm, let's not do this. This is weird. But no, praise God, Joseph sticks with her because an angel visits him. I'm sure they went through all sorts of family rejection. And then you get to the point where the, um, the baby's actually born, and it's like, they have to leave their land. They have to be away from their family. And then they get to this new place, and there's no room in the inn. 
as, as, um, as Graham Norton says, of course there was no room in the inn, it was Christmas. It's always stuck with me. Um, but they got there, there was no room in the inn, and they had to give birth in a stable. Like, I have two friends that I know in my life who gave birth to their babies on their bathroom floor. No, one on the bathroom floor, one in the shower. And to me, that sounds like, oh, like, right, mums of the room. Are you just like, oh my goodness, yeah? Imagine giving birth in a stable with the animals and every, like, everything about this story is so unideal and so disturbing. Um, I am sure Mary said, this is not how I expected these things to plan, to, to, to work out. This is not how I planned. But yet it was in these unideal circumstances that God came to earth. This is how God came, Jesus in human form. He dwelt with us. He walked with us. He talked to us. He showed us signs and wonders and how to get to the Father. And then you know the, the rest of the story, he died, which paid the cost for all of our sins, for all the corruption that we see in the world. And, and then when he left, he said, I'm sending you my spirit who is even greater and my spirit will dwell in you and be with you and will help you. He will be your comfort and he will be your guide and he will show you the way. And then now we look forward to that future day when Jesus Christ returns and takes his great power and begins to reign. We're kind of in the in-between moment now where Jesus has come, Jesus has died, Jesus has sent his spirit. We have him, we have his help, but we're also looking forward to a future where there will be no more sickness and there will be no more death and there will be no more pain because we will live eternally in heaven with the Lord if we have given our lives to him and if we follow him. But we're still in that awkward in-between where we need his help, we need his joy, we need his peace. So going back to the nativity, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid for Luke. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And it's so easy to, to read that scripture and just be like, yeah, the angels came, good news, a great joy. But when you imagine the context of the angels appearing and saying that, it must have just seemed like, right, the words you're saying are so distant from what I'm seeing in front of my eyes. Like these shepherds must have wandered down to that stable and been like, some women had to give birth in a stable. And who are these guys and where are they even from? Like everything about this moment was so unideal. Again, when you engage with the original message of Christmas, not what our culture's made it now, it's a promise fulfilled in disturbing times and unideal circumstances. And that promise means that every single one of you actually has access to eternal life, to joy. So when I hear people say, I never enjoy Christmas, then actually what I think is, well, then you don't really know Christmas. I give you permission to not enjoy the dark days. I give you permission to not love the family drama. I give you all the permission to be grieved when you remember the people that are not with you anymore this Christmas. All of that, I'm with you on that. But if you know the real heart behind Christmas, how can that not come with joy? I strongly urge you to engage with the truth, with the Spirit of God, because by walking with Him, He naturally brings us back to joy. And so I encourage you today, if you feel like a victim to joylessness, let's just take off our victim mentality and be like, nah, this season's for me. 
This season's for people like me that actually need some hope and actually need something new. The Bible says that when we follow the Spirit, when we walk by Him, these things just naturally grow. I'm going to read to you from Galatians 5. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy and rage, rivalries, divisions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. So we hear that joy is actually a fruit of the Spirit. But what does that, what does that even mean? Like, how do I access that? It means that when you're walking by the Spirit, like when you're walking your life with Him, following God, then naturally, well, really supernaturally, but naturally, this is the kind of stuff that grows from that kind of lifestyle. And I want to point out here, it doesn't actually say fruits of the Spirit, like it's all these different fruits. It says fruit singular, like it's like there is this one fruit that grows from a life walking with the Spirit, and that fruit contains love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the rest of the list that I've not memorized. Like, all that stuff comes in a one and we sometimes as Christians think that we want to, like, pick and choose, like, oh, you know, like, I'm really, like, working on peace, and I've got faith, but, you know, like, oh, joy's just not for me because of what I've been through. Like, how would you feel, guys, if I'm like, do you know what, like, I'm just in a season where, like, kindness isn't for me. Like, I'm just not going to do kindness because if you understood what I've been through, you would know I'm not going to do kindness. Or do you know what? This is a season where I'm not going to do self-control. Like, I'm just not there. That's just not where I'm at. So I'm just not going to do self-control in this season. Like, you guys would challenge me on that, wouldn't you? You'd be like, come on. And so why do we carve out joy and act like it's a separate fruit that you can choose whether or not you pick? Nah, this is part of the package of what grows when you walk with the Spirit, it's all a part of it. As I said, I think the vibrancy of joy is actually more accessible to those who are currently struggling. Because true joy naturally grows when you walk by the Spirit. I don't know about you, but guys, when I'm generally doing well, I don't actually run to God as much because I think I'm fine and I keep going. But when I'm not well, when I'm not doing okay, when I'm stressed or struggling or disappointed or disturbed by the times that I live in, that is when I run to God. And that's when I take seriously really following him because I am desperate to do that. So if you're in a joyless season, try walking by the Spirit and see as he leads you to these things. Now it could be that some of you have actually got a cap on your joy. It's kind of like you hit a ceiling and you're like, I just can't access that kind of joy. Um, Crooksy, you taught 
an excellent message last week and the week before, um, but particularly last week, you talked about peace. And Crooksy told us, if you didn't listen to it, listen online. He challenged us to declare that you are not a lost cause to peace. You remember that? Yeah? Can we just say that together? I am not a lost cause to peace. Okay, we're going to say that with a bit more hope. I am not a lost cause to peace. Yeah. And Crooksy told us that if you, you need to declare that over yourself, and then you need to make a list of what are all the non-peace things in my life, and then you need to invite God in and ask him, how does he want to bring peace to these non-peace things? Did anyone do that? Oh, come on, guys, let's work on this. This is how it works. This is how it works. And I'm going to tell you it's exactly the same with joy. This is how this works. We invite God in. Uh, like Crooksy said, um, we go to Jesus in prayer. We go to Jesus in praise. Like that means that we don't just religiously show up at a prayer meeting and, and politely sing along a nice song. It means that in your heart, you're like, God, I am talking to you because I need you. And God, I am praising you because I know that you're above me and you're so good. And it's in those places that peace and joy naturally increase. All right, tell me, in, in this room of people, have you ever had a season where you went running to God in prayer and in praise? And as a result of that season, you found peace increase in your life. Hands up. Yes, thank you. Now we've warmed up. So they are applying your message. All good. Um, it's exactly the same with joy. I'm just, I'm just saying the same thing. Um, and I want to tell you guys, like, I, I have a, I've got a personal testimony of, of this journey, even this year. I've got an amazing testimony of deep emotional healing and then joy returning as a result of walking by the Spirit. Because I had a cap on my joy. I've had a cap on my joy all year. It's been the worst. Those of you who know me know um, I've been in a year of transition. There's been a huge change for my whole family. Um, I'll not bore the rest of you with the details, but like those of you who I've been hanging out with know I've just not been a very happy person this year. Like this has been a year of misery and I would describe it as being like completely squashed by the feeling of grief. Like I couldn't access joy anymore. I just like cried all the time and I'd be in rooms of people where everyone's having a great time and all laughing hysterically about things and I'm like I just feel like I can't even access that I can't even get to that point even though I acknowledge like I should be so happy and and God has done so many good things this year like I have seen the hand of God move like never before and I know in my mind I should be praising him and so thankful but in my heart I'm like I am broken and I am crushed by grief and it's been the worst but God did something miraculous and incredible. There was one night, I was, um, it was a Sunday night recently, um, I was streaming the, the West End evening, uh, Naomi was leading worship, it was fantastic. Um, Brian was talking to us about the awe and wonder of our creator God and how amazing he is. And uh, I remember the worship was on, I was sitting at home and I was just like, God, please, can you just take away my grief? Like, I don't wanna be like this anymore. I wanna have capacity for life again. I wanna have joy again. I don't want to be so crushed by this feeling of, of loss that, that I live my life like this, you know? And then God spoke to me, just sitting there at home, iPad in my hands, watching the screen, and, and he said, draw how it feels. And so just like, you know, worship's going on in the background, I just start drawing how it feels, and this is what I drew. This is really vulnerable, by the way. You guys are getting in on my life. Um, so what it felt like was like, like a, hole, a hole punch had punched out my chest, 
And like I had this gaping wound where like, I think my heart is here, but I'm not a biologist. I think my soul is here, but I don't know how that works really, to be honest, but I imagine it to be here. But it felt to me like, like there'd been a hole punch that had gone through the whole of my insides and I had this gaping wound. And I was so consumed by the pain of what it felt like here that even though I knew I was holding something so special and so good and God had given me a gift, I couldn't appreciate that gift because of the pain. And so I started drawing this and actually the first version had blood in it. And then I found that really disturbing. So I wiped that out and I think that was healing in itself. I was like, oh, I don't want blood in my picture. I can't watch blood on TV. I don't want it in my picture. Um, but I drew this out. And in that act of, of drawing it out and just acknowledging and kind of reflecting on like, yes, there's, there's loss and it's real and it hurts. But also there's a gift and this is amazing. And I want to open this and I want to enjoy this. God did something supernaturally in me that day where I believe he delivered me of a spirit of ungodly grief that had attached itself to me through my sadness and it was crushing me. Now let me tell you how I think this works. I think that there is a godly, healthy, good grief that is an emotional um, coping mechanism that God has designed us to function like this. And and there's a kind of grief that is good and it is healthy. And if you have lost something that meant something to you, you should be sad because that shows that there, there was something really special and there was loss. So there is a kind of grief that is healthy and it is good and it is part of the, the process and you do need to feel all the feels and you need to go through those motions. But we also know that we have an enemy who is like a prowling lion seeking someone to devour. Jesus says the enemy is like a thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. And you guys who live in tenement flats in Glasgow will know that where there's a weak point in a lock or a window, thieves will find it a lot easier to break in, right? Anyone else been broken into? I have several times. And so what I think happened with my grief journey this year, I started with a really healthy, like, emotional response to, to change and to transition. And that was to be sad and to grieve and to grieve and to cry. And that's all good. But in addition to that, I think there was an unhealthy, ungodly, demonic grief that took a hold of me in that process. And that's where I think I got crushed and it capped my joy and I couldn't get out of it. And I literally couldn't live my life like normal. But what did I do? I spoke to God. I said, God, take away this grief from me. Show me what to do. And then he said, draw yourself and how it feels. And I drew myself and how it felt. And then in that moment, like something left me. This is my testimony. God freed me from the heaviness of grief, and I have got my joy back. That does not mean I'm not still sad. I am still sad about the things that I miss. I am so sad about not being with all you guys. Like, I am still sad about the things I miss, but I no longer feel so held captive to grief that there is no joy in my life. From this night that I drew this, I have had joy again. I have had some of the best times this autumn, that night at Celtic worship was just the best. Like we were all jumping around and clapping and just singing our guts out. And it's like, I had access to joy that I have not access to like in the last year. Reap and sow, how good was reap and sow? Who was at reap and sow? All the joy, so much joy that someone had to kindly ask me to leave them alone because they were trying to get, get their stuff done. And I was getting in the way because they were busy. Like so much joy that I'm getting in people's ways, you know? <laughs> So what I'm saying is, there's healthy grief, but it should never get to the point that you're no longer able to access joy at all. And what is our key? How do we move from joylessness to that fruit of the Spirit? It's, it's following the Spirit. 
It's going where he says go. And that's what I'm inviting you to do just now. Like, what, what was my process in this last year? Um, I lost my access through, to joy through genuine circumstances. I went through my grief journey. I got crushed. It was awful. But then I went to God, and he gave me a strategy. He led me in what I needed to do to move out of that place of grief. And he set me free, and now I can enjoy my life again, even though I am also sad about many things. And that was just my personal journey. I'm sure you're all on your very own unique, very unique journeys. And it's not like a one size fits all. God does, does it in a different way with every single person. But what I can tell you is that with every single person, you need to start by going to God. And God will tell you what your path back to joy is. And if you follow him, I believe that your joy will increase. Let's go back to our stars. Again, which picture is more beautiful and more amazing? Yeah, it's the one on the left. You are listening. That's what I think. I mean, art's subjective, so you can tell me whatever you think. I'll listen to you. But I want to argue that it is those of you who are struggling and who have lost things and that are in a dark place that have the opportunity to experience joy with more vibrancy than all the people that just love Christmas and are having a great time. That's what I say. And I can tell you that I think this is a message not just for all of us in our, in our personal Christmas moments, but I think this is a message for us bigger picture as you look at the world that we live in and the kind of things that are going on. Because war is going to continue whether we like it or not. There may be pandemics again in the future. Who knows? The economy is not looking good, is it? And things are quite stressful and we don't know where all that's going to land. Relationships are hard and relationships are breaking. And when relationships are breaking, people are not always nice to each other. Like, we're, we're not in heaven yet, guys. And yet I believe that God is calling us to be a resilient people. I believe that the Lord is saying, I'm calling you to be a resilient people. I am calling you to be the people who walk on the waves. I'm calling you to be the people who have light in the darkness. Because our God comforts and he leads and he guides. And he wants to get us through until we get to that future day where we're in heaven and there's no more tears and there's no more pain and all that stuff. I believe he's setting you up to not just survive, but to thrive in troubling times and to invite other people who are not making it to make it. I think this is all a part of the bigger picture and exactly how God is working. What's that story in the Old Testament where they move into the land and God's like, I've given you the land, but I've left some of the like enemies in there because I want you to be battle ready, right? He's like, I want you to keep your battle skills up. So I've left some of your enemies there. I think some of you are facing very real enemies right now because God wants you to, to learn how to, to have the joy of the Lord as your strength, and to get to that point of desperation for joy, you need to have some enemies that you're fighting against, right? So what I want to do is I just want to pray for you guys just now. Nah, do you know what? I'll give you challenges first, then I'll pray for you, right? My challenges to you are, one, ask God, is there a cap on my joy? Just ask him that. Ask him, see what he shows you. Number two, ask God, okay, then what's your strategy to lead me back to joy? Because I told you my story, but he might have a completely different story with you. As long as you follow him, I'm fine with that. And then number three is follow him and do it. So I'm going to pray for you all just now um, before we have a time of response. And why don't you stand with me? Because I feel like when we stand up, there's kind of, it puts us in a posture of like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune into God. I'm not just going to sit back. So just stand in a posture where you feel like you can meet with God for a second. And I'm going to pray over you. 
Lord God, thank you that you are our strength in times of trouble. And, and Jesus, I thank you that you told us already that in this world we will have trouble, but you have overcome the world. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be every single person's overcomer who needs an overcomer. For everyone in this room who is crushed and squeezed and despairing, rightfully so, Lord, I pray that you would be their overcomer. And I speak to every ungodly spirit of grief that has landed on these people. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. You have no right to stick on these people and you will go. And instead, I bless you all. I bless you to receive joy afresh. I bless you to know the God of freedom. And I bless you uh, to have hope and peace as you press on in these really hard times. I bless you to, to be strength to other people as well who really need to lean on someone. And so, Lord, I, I lift up all of this to you, and I pray that you would be dropping revelation and, and, and assurance and help and wisdom to everyone who needs it. In Jesus' name, amen.